This is Bill Woods again. I guess the voice crying from the desert, repent. Don't let yourself get caught without Jesus Christ. The reason I say that is this week is kind of a sad week. Two of my dear friends died and went to their eternal rewards. One of them was Rebecca Brown, my favorite author that uh, I worked with for so many years. And she now has passed on to her reward. And there's no doubt in my mind where she went because she knew Jesus Christ as her personal Savior. The other one that I just found out about today is a fellow by the name of Ron Anderson. He's been my friend for a long time. We've sang together. He's uh, done work for us in the electric, uh, as electrician, taking care of air conditioners and stuff around the church when I was pastoring there, and finally up here. And it just reminds me again how important it is that we know Jesus Christ is our personal Savior because we don't know when we're going to be called home. And we do know that when that day comes, we want to be ready. And so I would just ask you, please, if you don't know Jesus Christ now, please find him as your personal Savior. Confess your sins to him and accept him as your Savior. The 4th of July is next week. And I, I got to thinking about all the things that are happening things that uh, should not be going on in the United States of America, how our foundations are crumbling and there's so many people rebelling and they're after our president and they're, they're rebelling in places like Seattle and, and Minnesota and, and all these different places and demanding that the police be defunded and all that. And I got to thinking with all that's going on, we sing, America, America, God shed his grace on thee. But I want to say, America, America, why should God shed his grace on thee? Psalm 917 says, the wicked will go down to the grave. This is the fate of all nations who ignore God. Judges 3, 1 and 2, these are the nations that the Lord left in the land to test those Israelites who had not experienced the wars of Canaan. He did this to teach warfare to generations of Israelites who had no experience in battle. Judges 17.6, and also it repeats it again in Judges 21.25, In those days Israel had no king. All the people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. You know, no nation has been so blessed and so successful as the United States of America. Our nation was founded upon the principles found in God's word, in the Bible. Our laws were based on God's laws found in Leviticus and Deuteronomy. Even the school textbooks were steeped in Christian catechism and scriptural quotes, morality as found in the word of God. In 1959, Madeline Murray O'Hare challenged the rights of the school system to teach her son William to pray and read the Bible in public school. She was an atheist. She didn't want him to learn anything about God. At first, nobody took her threat seriously. She pursued her cause all the way to the Supreme Court. And finally, in 1963, prayer, scripture, and God were kicked out of the public schools. What's funny, in spite of her efforts to shield William from God, he became a Christian and is now serving God today as a Baptist preacher, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Praise God. Ever since the nation evicted God from school, we've been on a downward spiral. <clears throat> Crimes increased. Divorces increased. 
sexual sins have increased, bringing more adultery, fornication, gay lifestyles, disease, unwanted pregnancies, abortion, drug use, and every other sin imaginable. Before God was evicted, people used to leave their doors unlocked and not worry about thieves breaking in. They would leave the keys in their cars with no concern that somebody was going to steal, steal their vehicle. Children could play outside with no worry about their safety. Drivers could stop on the road to help people with little concern for their safety. In fact, I remember the judge saying a song, said, Grandpa, tell me about the good old days. And I'll tell you what, those good old days are past. What happened? Well, we divorced God from our nation. Well, now we have shootings at schools and factories and post offices, in courtrooms, in restaurants, and on and on. There's drive-by shootings for the sport of it, rapes, home invasions, arson, murder. It's not the same America that I grew up in. When people honored God and attended church, sin was not flaunted in or out of the closet. America was the greatest nation on earth. When everyone pulled together for a common cause and enjoyed living decently, we were a great nation. Today, we're confused about morals and decency. People are shacking up together with no thought of marriage. And it's just, they think it's just natural to do that. Our young people don't appreciate the heritage that they come, came. Uh, it's one of those situations, again, in the scripture we read, where God allowed the people to experience war so they could learn how about war and how to defend themselves. Today's generation doesn't know anything about going through war and all. We've been invaded by people who don't understand our culture. Because we threw the Bible out, immigrants have been bringing their religions into our nation. We have to let them practice their religion because we don't want to offend them, but we cannot tell them about Jesus Christ. The Supreme Court, uh, when they were ruled, ruled on DOMA and gay marriage, uh, you know, they, they took a stand because they didn't want to offend anybody. And so they just decided that whatever you wanted, basically that was what you could have. Going And the government has threatened to force pastors and churches to perform weddings. People can't make wedding cakes, uh, can't refuse to make wedding cakes for gay weddings and all that. I talked to a Presbyterian church uh, pastor one day. And he said he did not think about, he did not like the thought of doing a gay marriage, but he said the church voted to accept gay marriage. And if he did not marry a young couple that was the same sex, he was liable to be de-churched and lose his ordination. You know, there's only one path to heaven, and his name is Jesus Christ. John 14, 6, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. You can't leave God out of society and expect anything but crime and chaos. Uh, all you have to do is look at what's happened the last three weeks in Seattle, Washington. Uh, it's only going to get worse because we're afraid of offending someone's culture, their religion, or their sexual orientation. We've followed in the trap of Judges 17.6 and 21.25, in those days Israel had no king, 
All the people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. It didn't work then. It won't work now. Unless America turns back to God, we've, as they say, bought the farm. What a sad commentary when our Supreme Court judges can't discern right from wrong. They can't see immorality. They can't separate immorality from morality. And nine people can overwrite the votes for common decency that were voted on by the entire population. God warned in 2 Thessalonians 2.11, in the last days, people will be deceived and will believe a lie rather than truth. America is weakened because we've dismissed God and bought into the lie. History's proven, uh, you know, a democracy. That's what uh, Nancy Pelosi and some of those say. We're not a democracy. democracy. We're a republic. But history has proven that a republic is always temporary in nature. It simply can't exist as a permanent form of government. A republic will continue to exist until voters discover they can vote themselves generous gifts from the public treasury. From then on, the majority always votes for the candidate promising the most benefits from the public treasury. The result, every republic will finally collapse over loose fiscal property, which is usually followed by a dictatorship. By the way, I would remind you when we say the Pledge of Allegiance, it says, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, not to the democracy for which it stands. The average age of the world's greatest civilizations from the beginning of history has been about 200 years. This year, next week, 4th July, we will celebrate 244 years. During those 200 years, nations progress through the following sequences. Uh, from the, they, they go from bondage, they break away from their bondage to spiritual faith. From spiritual faith to great courage. From great courage to liberty. From liberty to abundance. From abundance to complacency. From complacency to apathy. From apathy to governmental dependence. From governmental dependency back to bondage. Where are we today? I'm not sure you can turn this nation around. Young people want socialism and they're fighting for socialism. And we've ignored God for far too long and we've let every evil and perversion into our society. Not only have we let down on our God-given heritage and morals, we've compromised to the point the average American thinks God is a swear word or a word to punctuate their language. Another problem is our enemies want to destroy us. The Muslims attacked our nation on September 11, 2001, and we practically embraced them, calling them a religion of peace. Ill-informed people think they serve the same God Christians do. That's not so. Allah is not Jehovah. I warned the Muslim about the Muslim threat. Let's look at other signs of the end times. President George W. Bush and President Obama both pursued a globalist agenda to create a North American Union, effectively erasing our borders with Mexico and Canada. The hidden agenda behind these administrations is to open borders. Secretly, the Bush administration pursued a policy 
to expand NAFTA, which was North American Free Trading Agreement established in 1994 under President Clinton. Our government tried to force us to be a world region, not a sovereign nation. The United States has been the leading world power among nations. Since 2005, there's been a concerted effort to abrogate, that means repeat, uh, repeal or do away with, U.S. sovereignty to the North American Union, a new economic and political entity quietly forming like the European Union has formed. In March 2005, President George W. Bush and Mexican President Vincent Fox and Canadian Prime Minister Paul Martin committed their governments to a path of cooperation and joint action. The simple plan was to erase the borders from a North American region as part of a one world order. That's why borders aren't secured. Praise God, President Trump is building a wall and is making it so we don't have to have everybody and their dog come in if they are, are not ready to come in and live by the laws of America. We sing America, America, God shed his grace on thee and crown thy good with brotherhood from sea to shining sea. Well, don't count on it. We've strayed too far and ingested too much anti-God garbage and there aren't enough praying Christians that even care today. We've been like that frog that we learned about in science class in high school where he was play, uh, you'd place a frog in cold water because they're cold-blooded uh, you know then then you'd turn the heat on under the water and bring it to a boil and the poor dumb frog didn't even know anything was changing anything was happening and he would die in the boiling boiling water we we don't pay attention to what is going on in our world now while we can we better wake up should we just give up and accept defeat? Well, no. We should salvage our families and as many others as we can to turn back to God. Remember, Second Chronicles 7.14 says, Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and restore their land. We need to pray more. We need to witness more and trust God to use us for his work. God is a God of miracles. Even though it looks like maybe we've gone too far, God can help the world be turned around if Christians and, and churches begin to pray and do what we're supposed to do. We can leave a swath of righteousness across the sinful and corrupt world in which we live. Ezekiel 22.30 says, I looked for someone who might rebuild the wall of righteousness that guards the land. I searched for someone to stand in the gap by the wall so I wouldn't have to destroy the land, but I found no one. Are you a gap person? God is looking for people that will stand in the gap, that will spend the time praying and doing what needs to be done and witnessing and pointing us back to a nation, one nation under God, indivisible. Benjamin Franklin spoke to the Second Continental Congress in 1775. This is quite lengthy. I'm going to read it to you. He says, I have lived, sir, a long time, and the longer I live, the more convincing proofs I see of this truth, that God governs in the affairs of men. And if a sparrow cannot fall to the ground without his notice, is, 
is it possible or probable that an empire can rise without his aid? We have been assured, sir, in the sacred writings that except the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain that build it. I firmly believe this, and I also believe that without his concurring aid, we shall succeed in this political building no better than the builders of Babel. We shall be divided by our own little partial local interests. Our projects will be confounded, and we ourselves shall become a reproach and byword down to future ages. And what is worse, mankind may hereafter from this unfortunate instance despair of establishing governments of human wisdom and leave it to chance, leave it to war and conquest. I therefore beg you, leave to move. Uh, let me say it again. I therefore beg leave to move that henceforth prayers imploring the assistance of heaven and its blessings on our deliberations be held in this assembly every morning before we proceed to business. He was calling for a morning prayer meeting in our Congress. You don't hear about that. Doesn't sound like our national leaders today who have allowed Muslims and Hindus and Buddhists and every kind of God-defying religion to come together for a national day of prayer and repentance right after 9-11. Everybody at that point said, oh, we got to get back to God, but we didn't want to find the true God. We didn't want to leave anybody out that was worshiping a false God. And so there was really no repentance at that time. There was really no turning back to God. You know, that doesn't sound like Nancy Pelosi or Chuck Schumer or a bunch of other ones there who stood by with Muslims being sworn into Congress with their hands on the Quran. We now have three Muslims in our Congress, and I will tell you this is just the beginning. I, I would like to quote Winston Churchill. He said, if you will not fight for right when you can easily win without bloodshed, if you'll not fight when your victory is sure and not too costly, you may come to the moment when you will have to fight with all the odds against you and only a precarious chance of survival. There may be a worse case, you may have to fight when there is no hope of victory because it is better to perish than to live as slaves. Well, that's what we've allowed America to get to today. God forgive us for not really letting you continue to lead us in righteousness. America, America, why should God shed his grace on thee? The answer today is not found in defunding the police or Black Lives Matter movement, the answer will be found when our nation repents and turns back to God. Unless that happens soon, things will only get worse. I'd like to have you lead or stay, have a word of prayer with me today. Father, we thank you so much for the privilege we've had to live in the United States of America. Truly, we have been blessed way beyond our fondest dreams. And Lord, I just pray that somehow you'll awaken our leaders. You'll take care of our president, our vice president. You'll protect them. And they can go back with their program to make America great again. But Father, I pray that they will find you as their personal Savior. And not just have you as, as some kind of a, a theory but know you in a personal way and walk with you in obedience and, and find your complete will. Lord, we're living in a very hard day. 
we see our nation start to crumble. We hear all these things, Lord, about uh, becoming socialists and all the different stuff that's happening. And Lord, we know the only thing that we can do that would be successful is to do what you said in Second Chronicles seven fourteen to pray, repent, turn to God, and then you could heal our land. And today, Lord, that's my prayer for this 4th of July period, that uh, Christians will begin to pray and churches will begin to preach and we'll see a great turning around. Bless our nation, I would pray God, but we know that that comes with, with the idea, Lord, that if you bless the nation, the nation needs to regard you. We love you today. We ask that you'll help us in this great time of need. In Jesus' name, amen.